0: Hello everyone, this is JPL, and I'm joined with Matthew and Tella, and we are the council of the podcast Name in the Rackets. Um, today's topic will be our top five favorite movies of all time, and um, these include franchises as one point if we have trouble finding out from which one of those we want on the list. And so, yeah, franchises, stuff like that, all on one list. Um, how this thing normally goes is that we go th- through number five, four, three, two... And one, that's a number as well. And yeah, we each do that. <laughs> so let's start. Okay. So, right. My number five is um, Indiana Jones. Um, the reason why this is because I it's nostalgic. I've watched this when I was much younger. Um, oddly enough, my first one was The Crystal Skull. I'm um, one that's hated by a lot of people. But I don't mind it. I really enjoyed it. It's pretty fun. That's uh, my mother's favorite. But if I were to pick one from this whole series that'd be my best, it'd probably be the first one. It's a classic. Um, it's fantastic. I love Harrison Ford in it. It's It's just a fantastic adventure story and all of that, yeah.
1: Yeah, they're very well-made movies for the most part. Um, excluding the even-numbered ones, of course. And, yeah, worth checking out. Fun fact, um, I believe the first one, at least, was nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. Hmm. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yep, good series. Well acted, well put together. Fun.
0: Hmm, Yeah.
2: yeah. Can't really argue with it. Very
0: enjoyable. Would recommend it. Um... For kids, yeah, probably
2: yeah. Except maybe...
0: older kids, yeah, yeah, around like the ages of ten, I would say. Yeah, that, at least so that's a that, good. That's probably a good.
2: Range. That's
1: a good time for um just... face melting good time.
2: <laughs> just for clarification, are you including uh Crystal Skull into? Of
0: course. Okay. I mean, I'm sure kids would love it. I I bet they would. Okay.
1: Oh, and it's the series that invented the PG-13 rating. Yep. Yeah. Is it? Yes. Okay. There, there's a whole story behind that that we probably shouldn't get into. But, All right. yeah, go research that. Okay. Okay, my number five is a recent movie, Manchester by the Sea, and it was sort of a big Oscar type movie um, this year and last year. And the premise is, it's about this guy, and his brother dies, so he has to take care of his nephew and move back to the town where some very sad things happened to him. So he's sort of dealing with the grief of losing his brother and dealing with past griefs, which I won't spoil. And it's a really interesting film. It's sort of an examination of how men sort of communicate emotion and how they communicate in general. Um where a lot of movies derive conflict from, you know, like there's this big bad guy or there's something we have to overcome. This movie, each conversation is a conflict within itself where the characters are, you know, arguing and shouting and talking over each other trying to win the conversation. And yeah, it's just it's a really interesting movie to watch. Um sometimes it's very sad, sometimes it's very happy. It's Almost like someone took a camera and filmed these events as they were happening in real life. Very
0: well acted, very well written. Yeah, Yeah, I saw it. I was very bored throughout the entire thing. The only thing that I really enjoyed is just um, having a drinking game for every time there was swearing. Drink a thing of Kool-Aid. Which, we ran out of Kool-Aid before the end of the movie. So, there is a lot of swearing. Would not show this to your kids. Um... My one of my complaints is that I felt like there wasn't enough chemistry between the two main characters for the whole um, climax at the end to be as powerful or okay. realistic yeah. for me. Because I felt like it's just they just put it there so they can finally end the thing. But I don't I don't really feel like there was anything to actually lead to that. It was they didn't really have much interaction that would promote that. Yeah. It it is interesting
1: to note the movie doesn't really have an ending, it's kind of like real life in that it doesn't end it has a direction that it could be going but it's really open to interpretation and yeah I appreciated that and it's very realistic, all of the acting is I think incredible um, yeah it transports you into this world and you can laugh, you can feel very sad and yeah
2: I wouldn't know. Anyways, uh, <laughs> my fifth is uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Um, it's funny. And it's it's put together very intentionally and just how everything works together. Um, the ending is probably the most anticlimactic ending to any movie <laughs> I've ever seen. Yeah. And I don't know if you, anybody could top that and still have it be a good movie. Um... Yeah, it's... Most of my list is comprised of movies that I would watch again in a heartbeat. Yeah. And this is something that Monty Python is... Well, specifically, The Holy Grail, is a movie that I could watch with friends just about any time. Um, just because it's fun to laugh at and make fun of it and each other. And, and uh, yeah, it's just a... It's a good movie, just to sit back and relax. It's not something necessarily deep, but there are bits of humor that go deeper than, uh, well, some modern humor.
0: It's probably one of the most quotable movies you can have yes. out there.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Lots of famous quotes. Sort of the Even just quoting a whole scene is yes. very common for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that it does have, have some mature humor in it some points and so i probably wouldn't show this to your kids exactly
1: i, I like how we have sort of become the kids reviewers as well and just like which movies are appropriate for kids. i mean yeah.
2: this is the only one on my list that is actually less appropriate for kids everything else yeah go for it but yeah,
1: yeah i don't know this one's monty python is really good and yeah. yeah, it's sort of the classic surrealist comedy. One of those movies that, you know, people who were in college when it came out, they sort of quoted it, made it this huge success, and now it's sort of been passed down through the generations. It's worth it if you could get your hands on the special edition DVD. There are some very hilarious bonus features. For example, the subtitles for people who didn't like the movie, taken from King Henry V.
2: <laughs> it's I mean it's one of those movies that doesn't take itself seriously and even like I know for instance Deadpool was uh, people really enjoyed it for a lot of different reasons but like for instance the opening credits for um Monty Python and the Holy Grail Oh yeah. they're not just replacements of names with funny things they're a whole joke in and of themselves over and over again for about what five ten minutes (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's it's brilliant
0: you just want the movie to start but you just have to go through this whole secret history that's going on where the person doing the intro gets sacked several times i will say
1: it is at times a more fun movie to quote than to watch there isn't a lot of story, there isn't a lot of character. True. It's Yeah, if you if you've seen it enough times that you almost don't need to see it again <laughs> because you can quote everything funny
0: and Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: Good movie. Alright, on to number four.
0: Okay, so my number four would be the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um fantastic story. Um it's very long. Very, very long. Um this I'm more specifically talking about the extended versions. It adds a lot of it. Some parts become longer and slower because of it. But as a whole experience, it's very cinematic, very fantastic. A story of good and evil um, trying to overcome evil. And just the beautiful love story of Aragorn and his horse.
2: Yep. I think it's also important to point out that it's not, um, like, as a kid I didn't realize this, but the more, like, we just recently watched this together, um, I realize it's not as much, it, it it definitely is a story of good and evil, but it's more of a battle within each person Mm -hmm. than it is a physical battle. Because while they are going to war, at the same time, um the different armies of men are wondering, hey, should I trust these people? Same with the elves. Should we trust the elves? Um, But as it goes on, you kind of see that, like, good isn't triumphed by just going and fighting. In fact, the way they won was arguably pretty peaceful. It just took a long way to get there. And mm-hmm. was very very hard to do. <clears throat> so overall, I'm a huge fan of Tolkien. So I yeah. love the trilogy yeah. um, of books, especially the movies. Were good. It's probably one of the best film adaptations to books that I think I've seen. Yeah, um, and it's
1: yeah. As movies, it also they also function very well just as. Movies. You don't need to have read the books to understand them. And, yeah, there's just this whole universe and you can get involved in it. And I have more comments, but I will bring those up later. Yeah. It is also worth noting that Tolkien is really one of the key authors who, in the 20th century fiction and fantasy, were seen as these very childish genres. And he's one of the people who helped elevate it to something... That could actually mean something and
0: be important. Oh, yeah, I would definitely recommend this trilogy. Um, probably even to your slightly older kids, like 7, 8, yeah. around the, that so. time area. I Maybe more so the theatrical versions, because yes. Extended could be really long and boring t- at times. But yeah, would recommend it probably watch it with them for the final movie.
2: Yeah, I, I would say the first one is especially good for them. I My rule for my family, and I know that's pretty common, but is to read the books first before you see the movie. I think that's a good way to do um, The Lord of the Rings. Um, but at the same time, I think I still could have enjoyed them as a kid without having read them. But yeah, I think there's a little bit of a deeper appreciation when you read them first. Um, They can be long and overly descriptive at times, but Tolkien was not just trying to set up a story, he was trying to set up a history for his fantasy world. Mm
1: -hmm. So
2: in that, I have a lot of respect for him.
1: And it is also another thing worth noting, the extended editions, unlike some recent films, they aren't necessary, so you can still watch the theatrical editions, and you'll get the same story and yet the extended editions add I think it's almost two hours of extra footage to the entire trilogy and yeah it isn't, none of it is really necessary for the story but it adds that sort of depth. So if you're willing to jump into that 12 hour endeavor then
0: it's definitely worth it. Yeah, yeah. we had a good long day with eragon and his horse
2: <laughs> yeah
0: anyway so
1: Okay, my number 4 is Blade Runner and this is sort of the movie that invented the cyberpunk sh- subgenre and it's a really interesting film just the story behind it. One of the most difficult making of experiences and Harrison Ford said he absolutely hated working on the film and it was released and the studio had edited it, chopped it all up, and put a nice happy ending at the end and it was a huge flop then the directors cut came out and people started to see what the movie actually was which is it's this like grimy and yet beautiful tale of the future and of what it means to be human and memory and all of these things and it's it's an interesting movie it's very dreamlike so especially with the score and the visuals there are just scenes that sort of lull you in and sometimes it's even hard to stay awake just because it's so dreamlike and yet it's also there are moments of excitement and yeah it's just very very well made really good production design a lot of great special effects and it I think it holds up pretty well I recommend the final edition which is came out in 2007 and that's sort of been the definitive version of the film since
0: then yeah I haven't seen it
2: neither have I I've um I've seen trailers for it and I've seen um some commentary on it overall I think it's an interesting concept I've always loved the uh cyberpunk genre um so yeah that's I already immediately like it for that um yeah. I don't know. I I can't say too much without having seen it. So Yeah.
1: I I will comment on the sequel. I don't usually mind sequels, especially, you know, this one is supposed to be a con- a continuation. The problem though is that the ending to the original is ambiguous, but it's in a very good way. That it doesn't really answer all of the questions about the characters. So I'm kind of a little bit Sad that they're bringing back Harrison Ford's character and not leaving that ambiguous ending, but I am very much looking forward to exploring the world a bit more and seeing a different director take on what what's his vision of the Blade Runner universe.
0: Okay.
2: I just want to make a comment uh, before I move on, but Harrison Ford is an actor that is on all of our top five. Yes. I just want to point that out. Anyways, as I continue, um, next movie doesn't have Harrison Ford, but uh, my next movie is Bionicle, the trilogy. Specifically, Bionicle 2. Yeah. Um, the first one is good, but it's not great, and we are more invested in uh, the Matoran than we are the Toa, which is fine. Um, but, as a kid, I always wanted to learn about the heroes yeah and uh bionicle 2 does that really well in showing the progression from matoran to toa um or from villager to hero if you haven't seen bionicle um but this is probably um one of the better movies chronologically this is the first movie in the timeline um by release it's obviously the second But it does aspects of every Bionicle movie, but it does it best, and then it shows the progression of a reluctant hero to a full-on hero, and then through a um, different sort of hero in the way it ends, it isn't... That they're giving up their lives for um, others, but they are giving up a lot to save others. Um, it does tackle some interesting concepts of um, deism in some ways, in the struggle between could Makuta really become as great as Mata Nui. And the whole series altogether kind of struggles with that. Um, but overall great story also the first movie that we really get to see uh the Toa's mask powers yeah um we saw them slightly in the previous movie but it wasn't enough I think I think if you're going to start on any Bionicle movie it should be Bionicle 2 because it starts with new characters different from Bionicle 1 Hmm. um and it ends um wrapping up a lot but it leaves you wanting more. Um, the third movie kind of gives a little bit more detail. It isn't really as necessary to the canon of Bionicle. That being said, it's the first one I watched, so it'll still have a place in my heart. Yeah. Um, and then, again, the first movie is good, but character-wise, it leaves us hanging. It really focuses on the two main uh, Matoran and not so much the six Toa.
0: I, I will say that the first movie was made more for the fans already invested in Bionicle and all those characters, and so yeah. the main heroes of the story, they were already introduced, yeah. and so this, so you got to know more of the side heroes. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, Bionicle, it's one of those... Series that I, as I was younger, I would re-watch probably almost every day for the longest time. Hmm. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the characters, especially if you have if you had if you grew up with the sets. Yeah, like that were in the movies. It was really cool just to like oh yeah play with them while you're watching the movie. Yeah, recreate scenes. Um, probably if you were to be introduced into Bionicle and were very reluctant because. It is a large universe with a bunch of history, yeah. which you can find through the books. But I think the movies give a... the main thing.
2: Yeah, the the big thing about the movies is that... So, Bionicles 2 starts us at a starting point. Bionicle 1 starts us partway through a series. And Bionicle 4, which is kind of separate, but uh, The Legend... Reborn? Yeah. Yeah. Um, starts us at, like, the very end, um, and it has some good beginning points to it, but you really do need to know about the world before you watch it, whereas Bionicle 2 is one that you can learn more about as you watch it. Yeah. Um The, the movies are kind of an advertisement for the whole series, um, so I would say if you enjoy aspects of the second movie, you will probably enjoy the entire series. Um, that being said, obviously, it's a uh, movie series f- made for children um, for the purpose of selling more toys. So, obviously, there are probably going to be some corners that were cut along the way, and um, the I would say the biggest places that... Um, Bionicle 2 falls short is um, the animation while it's good um, the fourth Bionicle movie does beat it in that um, it was very good at its time yeah oh yeah but nowadays it may not hold up as well it, uh, it is also very cheesy in a lot of parts yeah. the bad guy is very much a bad guy and definitely evil and there's no question in that but there is a twist into who the bad guy is. So it was just something that as a kid I grew up with and I loved. Um, Yeah. Mm. Alright,
0: on to number three. So my number three is a much more recent movie. Came out a few years ago and that is Interstellar. Um, I was really amazed by the quality of this movie. And the overall story, and uh, it just—it's a movie that has one complete story. It's very long, very um, thought-inducing. Cinematically, it's beautiful. Lots of crazy space stuff and all of that. Um, I would definitely recommend it. It's beautifully done, yeah, and acted as well.
1: I I really enjoyed this one as well. It didn't make my list, but it's sort of The way I would describe it is it's almost like taking a car ride through a cornfield during the night when you can see all of these stars and it has that very like grounded on earth feel to it and yet there's also this heavenly space feel to it and it's it's a really unique movie um I do think the ending falls a bit short I think if you stop watching the movie 20 minutes before it ends you'll enjoy it a whole lot more but everything leading up to that is just beautifully done there's some really good tension the music is really good if at times a bit repetitive the tone all of the special effects it all comes together to make this really good
0: movie so the ending i had no problems with it i think it was a very cool idea but one thing is that it's a movie that you should be open-minded towards. Don't be, like, oh, very negative towards all the miscalculations that are done. Especially near the end where things don't really add up to our modern science. Um,
1: Yeah, it takes... For the most part, the movie is very scientifically accurate as of 2014. Mm -hmm. However, the ending is... Takes a lot of liberties and... It's more science fiction than... Yeah. And it has rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. I I definitely think it was a little bit Shyamalan-esque, but it, it didn't ruin the movie for me, and if you can sort of look past the ending, then it's a really well-made movie.
2: Yeah, very, very well done. It's, it's interesting because it plays with ideas that um, the general public watching the movie might not think when it comes to science like different forms of uh, um, how time works for instance and how um, space in general works, what a black hole actually looks like according to what we know about black holes um, now so it's very educational if nothing else Um, I haven't seen the movie but I know um, I've been watching through, for instance, Cosmos, uh, by Neil deGrasse Tyson, and he brings up a lot of things that I've um, seen people comment about Interstellar, and uh, realized a couple different things that were actually true about it. Um, but it's another thing that's on my list to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say that this movie probably has
0: the best score from Hans Zimmer that I've heard than Inception.
1: And really great cameo by a certain actor who if you've seen him in other movies, the cameo will be very surprising and it has one of the coolest I don't want to say jump scare, but it kind of is in a movie and that it doesn't use a loud sound, instead it uses oh. silence. Be-
0: because there is no sound in space. Yeah,
1: so it's <laughs> and it's a really great just the artistry of it and even with the final 20 minutes of the movie, it's still a very well-made film. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. My number three is, um, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which, it came out, you know, the fans of the comic book it's based on had demanded this movie. It came out, debuted in, like, fifth place at the box office. Complete failure. But it sort of gained a really big following, and i really love this movie i mean it's style over substance and yet the style is so well done that it adds substance to the movie so it's probably the most in-depth film in terms of mythology that i've seen for the amount of time it takes it's about two hours long and yet you learn so much about each of these characters and it's just like the tiniest of details like one of the first scenes in the movie is the main character Scott talking to Ramona his crush and you can see on the wall behind him there's a light switch but it's really high up out of reach and so it's sort of visually telling you their relationship how she's on a different level than him and how he can't reach her and the whole movie is full of this like foreshadowing and character details and each time I watch it I actually find something new in the background or something that adds to these characters in the story. And
0: it's also hilarious. Yeah. Oh, I saw it, but I I didn't really get into it. It's not a movie that I really enjoyed, but I would say it's something I would recommend to others because I'm sure others would enjoy it.
2: Yeah, I would say it's in its special effects, it is visually entertaining and visually humorous um in just a lot of things that happen it's it's over the top and it's funny and it's a fun movie to watch um that being said I I could see why it's not really for everybody either um it's a good movie I will give it that and it has some really good actors and actresses in it um but that being said it's it's got it's faults. it's 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 not on my list, but it's it's still a movie that I would definitely... If somebody were to ask if I wanted to watch it, I would say yes.
1: Yeah, um, I I really enjoy it. I know the humor style is a little bit off for some people, and it really it depends on what you go to see movies for. So if you go to see movies to learn a lesson or to feel these like strong emotions you'll be very disappointed but if you go to movies to have fun scott pilgrim is actually an incredible movie for that and it actually does have these deeper messages but you have to watch it a few times to catch them so for example from what i've been able to tell it's sort of a love letter and a criticism of millennial culture sort of this self-obsession will also self-deprecating and full of action hilarious action Um, yeah it's really well made really well acted the actors are all over the top enough to fit in with the movie and yet there's subtleties in their performances that when you catch on you can really tell a lot about their characters and yeah even though it's two hours it is super dense in all of the stuff that it gets in and all of the things, the little details that you can figure out about the characters and who they are.
2: Yeah. Alright, so my number three is... Okay. It takes a little bit of explanation because I was originally just going to put the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, but I generally like books or movies that are based on books more when they follow the, um, the book as much as possible while still making it entertaining, and of the three Lord of the Rings movies, um, the first one um, follows the book the best, I would say. That being said, the first one is rather slow in comparison. Um, the second one is also rather slow. Um, and then The Return of the King is very fast-paced lots of action um, very intense so overall the trilogy is decently unbalanced not as unbalanced as some Hunger Games Um, but (laughs) it's I don't know, it's still a good trilogy that being said um, I think one that puts a lot of the action and silliness and fun together um, was the first Hobbit movie Um, uh, The Hobbit and Unexpected Journey and that's they took characters that I loved from the book and they put them on a screen and for me this was this was again the first um, the first Lord of the Rings movie that I'd seen on a big screen so for me that was super important yeah um but also as a movie in general um it's just a very fun movie it it takes itself seriously but not so seriously um and it has a clear couple messages to it um that you can get by watching it i feel like the level the level of action that it has is enough um even for a book that is almost entirely walking. Um, that being said, the the two following movies to The Hobbit are average at best. They, yeah. they do well, um, and they're fun to watch, but um, they do have their problems, and I would say neither of the sequels to... The original Hobbit are better than any of the movies in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. So that being said, um, the Hobbit is definitely my favorite. After that, probably Return of the King and then Fellowship. But the whole, the whole, the series as a whole is a very good series, very good universe. Um, yeah. That I just love.
0: Yeah, the Hobbit. I think the first one is my favorite of the trilogy, because it's 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 honestly just a lot of fun, like very cheery, even in dark places. Mm-hmm. They don't they're not too serious enough where they can't just stop and have a musical number and have a great time with it. Um, my only complaint is that um it's not as practical as the Lord of the Rings was. They use a lot more CGI, especially for the orcs. Mm-hmm. they're no longer a person in a costume, um, the sets are mostly green screen, they're no longer going through New Zealand and actually on set, um, and so you don't have the biggest immersive experience for that point, however it's still a really fun movie, mm-hmm. and it follows, the the first one follows the book more closely than the other ones.
1: I I will say, as someone who isn't quite as much of a book purist, I thought the first Hobbit was good a few times, but then the, the first 40 minutes of the movie are just so slow that I can't really recommend you watch that one more than once. And I think the second one does a little bit better job of being a movie, but at the same time there's just so much silliness that even though that's my favorite of the trilogy, it's also contains some of my least favorite moments and yeah and then the last hobbit movie is just poorly made and yeah and yeah i think from most of the people that i've talked to if you enjoy the books in general more than the films then you like the first hobbit the most if you enjoy the films and haven't read the books or you think they're about on the same level, then you'll probably enjoy the second Hobbit most. And if you like over-the-top battles and orcs dying and nothing else, then you'll like the third.
2: My biggest um, point that I would say for this is, like, the the first Hobbit stays true... is the one that stays truest to its plot. Um, They have a goal, they have... A reluctant hero, and I mean, they're trying to go slay a dragon to get back gold. It's a simple tale, and the whole tale is about it being more about the journey than the destination. What the sequels do is they basically just ruin that with the second one ending without the killing of Smog, and then the first one beginning with it. It just makes that whole part of their journey useless, pretty much. They had been hyping themselves up for a giant dragon fight at the end and at the end there wasn't one. (laughs) Well, the
0: second two movies were more of a filler type thing where the first one it was a story of the first half of the book yeah. well the second two they decide hey we need more movies so let's just add a bunch of filler of the second half
1: Yeah. I, I have heard rumors of a four hour cut of the Hobbit movies that's supposed to improve it following the book a bit better I haven't seen it yet but I have a feeling that if they had actually made a four hour movie or maybe two two and a half hour movies it would have been much better Yeah, as a series.
0: Okay. Alright. Number two? Number two. Okay. So, my number two would be, well, Batman. And now, I know Batman is just, there's a lot of franchises, lots of trilogies, and they're all very good, but the one that I more specifically want to put on my list is the animated Dark Knight Returns. Um... The deluxe edition, where they added the first part and two-part together. Um, it's very... I just love the whole story of having an old Batman, an old Bruce Wayne, returning to his mantle. It's fun crime, but you still have him being old and not as fast as he was, so he has to do things differently. Um... And I will say, for a PG-13 movie, it is more rated R than the current rated R DC movies. Um, It's a lot more gory, a lot more dark than the other movies, and um, I think it just did a really good job at making the Dark Knight Returns comic book into an animated movie. It's very well animated. It's in between the lines of the whole anime and um, animation-esque, which it's something I really like. Beautifully animated. I honestly just really love the score. Christopher Drake does a fantastic job with this movie. And, yeah, (laughs) very good. I've seen The Dark Knight
1: Returns. I've seen, I think, most of the Batman movies. And, yeah, as a series, it's all for the most part, very good. Um, Batman is a very interesting character. There are a lot of interpretations of him. My favorite being the Dark Knight. But, yeah, I mean, he's sort of an interesting superhero. He's become, you know, he's up with Superman and Spider-Man as the most iconic superheroes, and... um, I don't know, he's not usually my favorite because he's a little bit depressed and all of that kind of stuff for me and but I do think a lot of people sort of feel that like pessimism or realism and they relate to that and yeah he's a very interesting character a lot of interpretations some hilarious some very dark and depressing and yeah if you haven't seen a Batman movie
0: before do yourself a favor yeah I think for me that really got this to be one of my favorites is my second viewing of it. I viewed it the first time, and it was kind of dark for me. I was like, I don't know, this is kind of too dark. Pretty weird having an old Batman. But then I watched it a second time, and I just loved how everything fit together, how everything worked. Um, The Joker, while he's not voiced by Mark Hamill, um, the actor for him does a very fantastic job at doing a very evil and creepy joker okay
1: okay my number two is inception Hmm. and this is like a really special movie in that it sort of changed the way that action movies are made in general and it's christopher nolan's follow-up to the dark knight um And for those who don't know already, it's about people who go inside other people's dreams and sort of try to steal ideas from them. And so it's like a crime movie, but it's also action, and there's also surreal dream sequences, and, you know, zero gravity, vans falling off a bridge in slow motion. Um, And the acting is incredible. Like, you have Leonardo DiCaprio in one of his best roles, and as this father who's trying to get back to his kids and he has to do these jobs to do that and you have a bunch of really respected actors doing really good performances you have incredible visual effects um some really surreal sequences and then when you watch the making of it's even cooler because you find out that a lot of it was practical you know actually turning a hallway building a special set for that scene or Mm -hmm putting um, a freight train sort of design over top of a truck and driving it through an intersection and all of these crazy, huge, big, practical effects that make this movie so much better.
0: Yeah. I really enjoyed it. It's very visually stunning. Um, a fantastic music music, music store score. Um, the It's very... Uh, the science behind it, I'm not sure if that's realistic entirely. No, no. But really. it's still, it's really cool to watch. Um, I would recommend it. Very fun, very thought-provoking. Um, but for me, it is kind of, kind of falls for the story a bit. Because there's not that much of a story to it. You're more there for the experience of being within the dream. Of having the main character... I'm rooting for him so that he can be reunited with his kids. And instead of actually there being, oh, hey, let's corrupt the business of some sort. I don't know. Yeah, It's very weird, very strange, but it's still really fun to watch. Would recommend it.
1: And you have to watch it a few times to understand what's going
2: on. Yeah, this is, this is a very deep and thought-provoking movie, and it's not really one that you want to watch if you're just looking for a fun, happy time. Um, although, it's not necessarily dark and depressing. It's, it, it fits in that middle ground pretty well. Um, it really does play off of the idea of dreams. Um, and especially dreams in related to media, too. And just in how anybody takes in information. Um, and it throws you off guard a couple times in um, just several things that it does that you may not expect Um, and it does something that a lot of good movies do and that it it leaves it leaves you hanging but it doesn't make a sequel yeah (laughs) a sequel would probably ruin it yeah um, it's
1: yeah and it's just such a unique concept and they really take it and run with it and you know dreams inside of dreams what's happening to time what's going on and it, it's just so cool to watch it unfold, and you do have to watch it multiple times to understand it, but you will not regret watching it multiple times,
2: most likely. Yeah. Unless, unless you are not a fan of deep thinking movies. Or unless you have like a final to do the next yeah. day and you're oh. watching Inception instead. <laughs>
1: yeah, very bad idea.
2: <laughs> All right. Alright, so um, my next movie I'm kind of copping out in the way I did The Hobbit in that I'm listing the whole series but specifying one. Um, Star Wars, I think especially the original trilogy is cinematically brilliant Um, even with its weird parts it's it's set up The sci-fi genre really, really well for movies. It's inspirational. It created, basically, single-handedly created geek culture. Um, But uh, I think the one that's most near and dear to me is probably probably Star Wars 7. Even though cinematically, well, cinematically, it's beautiful, first off. Like, the the graphics are great. Um, The fights are well done. There's a good mix of action versus non-action. But it definitely has its flaws. Uh, Someone pointed out to me that the actress for Rey only has one expression on her face the entire movie. (laughs) That kind of ruined it for me, but... He wasn't wrong. Um, That being said, if I was in the universe of Star Wars, I'd probably have a similar shocked face the entire movie. But there were problems that I definitely had with this movie that I didn't have with previous movies. I think cinematically, um, as a viewing experience, either uh, the fourth or the fifth Star Wars um, is the best. Um, that is the New Hope or Empire Strikes Back for people who number things weirdly, um, or don't know how to count. Like, apparently, most of JPL's fan base is.
0: No, I I just say I just like to make okay, fun good, of them. Okay, good, good. People. I mean,
2: I guess you are teaching them how to count, so I shouldn't <laughs> I shouldn't judge them. Um. <laughs> no, but uh, I think those are better movies. But I think I enjoyed myself more watching. Episode 7, um, simply because, yeah, it, it's a rehash of 4, and I think overall I enjoy 4 most as a movie, but as an experience, I enjoyed 7, in that it, um, it's a story that is continuing in a direction that I don't know where it's going to go yet. I have predictions, and I have thoughts in my head, but I don't know yet. Um, new characters, new story, um, the visuals are great, um, Harrison Ford, yeah. it, he does a, it, he does, I mean, obviously he does an amazing job, he has some really good lines in there and he, he pulls it off well, um, yeah, just, it's a good movie experience, and I'm putting it above Rogue One, because Rogue One was a really, really good movie, but it wasn't really necessary to the overall story of Star Wars. And I think that's another problem with any of the other prequels is that it they stray from the actual narrative of Star Wars. Um, And they do a good job of setting up a good history for what happened. But I think a large part of Star Wars focuses around Luke and focuses around the Jedi especially. Um, Rogue One does a really good job of being a side story where we get to look deeper into the lore of Star Wars and um, different perspectives of it. And it has some really good action, really good again non action um but all that being said when i think of star wars i distinguish it from other sci-fi genres in that it's not just sci-fi it is very much sci-fi fantasy and that there's this whole force that people can call upon to do base magic basically and i think that's a cool idea it's a fun blend of sci-fi and fantasy and i think the force awakens does a good job of that does it have its problems absolutely it is star wars episode 4 but newer but i enjoyed the modernization of episode 4 um
0: So for me, I can't really say anything about Star Wars Episode 7 because I don't know what the whole story is for the new trilogy. I don't know the story of the new trilogy, so I don't really have a way to just say anything against the whole story, beginning part of it. So I'm sure I will have a whole thing... I will decide my mind on it once the next two movies come out, but for now I have nothing to it. Um the only thing I would say against it is that do it's not part of George Lucas's original design. Yeah. when he was making it. I do feel like Disney they should have at least taken a look at what he did and probably done something similar because it was his idea, his work yeah. that they just took away and say, "Hey, no, we're gonna do our own thing. Sorry, you made one too many mistakes for us. Ye yeah. Like, maybe if he was just there saying this is the basic story, go ahead and do that. But not actually have him be the director. Yeah. And I think there is
1: he falls into a similar problem that a lot of very successful directors fall into in that I think they get a little bit Too obsessed or think too highly of themselves, and so they say, Well, whatever I do, people will enjoy it, so I will do what I want to do. And sometimes it works out fine, sometimes you end up with you know, Senate hearings in your sci fi action film. Well, that's not that bad
0: when you're a kid, that's kind of the boring part of the movie. Well, yeah. yeah. But now, but once you understand politic, politics... I do, I do think it
1: is. The Star Wars is an interesting franchise in that... Um, well, what happens, I think, with directors, and you can see this in Star Wars, you see it a little bit in the Middle Earth movies, is that when you have one director who's working on all of these and very involved, the director doesn't necessarily want to do the same thing for their entire life, so they try to change the franchise up. And that's where I think Star Wars, sometimes it succeeded very much with changing up the formula, and sometimes it didn't. And when you have a director, it's kind of nice to say to the director, okay, you've done a very good job, now you have enough credit and you can go make your own ideas Mm -hmm. that don't have to connect to the movies.
2: Yeah. I think um, I brought this up with um, my discussion on Avatar versus. Korra, but um, with the Avatar franchise, there were um, the main the main story writers um, uh, most people just call them Brake, um two guys that came up with the story for Avatar were not the ones that wrote most of the individual episodes. I think they did a really good job coming up with the whole grand story, but as they became story writers like, individual episode writers in Legend of Korra, you get to see that, okay, well, they didn't really develop characters as much as ideas for characters. Um, The writers for the original Avatar series did a really, really good job. I wish they would have kept writers like that on. And I think, um, as JPL mentioned, if we if we had had Star Wars um, where Lucas came up with the ideas and was still part of that creative process but wasn't necessarily the final decision or the person who dealt with all the minute details um, I think it would be an interesting
0: and yeah that was basically Empire Strikes Back Yeah, um, he handed okay. it to someone else because he didn't want the stress of it all mm. and um Give him the basic story, and they did a very fantastic job, mm-hmm. which probably go to my number one. Number but one. my one, my number one, is still in the category Star Wars. Um, Star Wars as a whole, for me, it's very difficult to accurately just rate it because I feel like people don't they don't have a full grasp on the person and how they would it in general so for rating Star Wars it's almost impossible because I love Star Wars equally and this is including Ewok films and the holiday special um, I really enjoyed those but if I were to choose one above everyone else I would have to say um, Revenge of the Sith and one one reason why that is is because uh, it's one. Of, it was my very first Star Wars movie that I ever watched, and I watched it in theaters. And it was very action-packed, very cool, very creative. Lots of designs, lots of fighting, and stuff like that for a kid like me, like a seven-year-old, that was, like, very appealing, like, very, oh, cool. And, um... I would rewatch it all the time, almost every day as a kid, and, um, you know, it's ve- it's a big bias, you know, because it's very nostalgic for me, I, it's hard for me to say anything bad about it, because, hey, I remember it being the best thing for me, and I um, mean, yeah, I understand all the problems with the Star Wars prequels, um, I know what they are, I kind of agree with some people but i still loved it because it gave it its own personality it was different yeah there are plot holes kind of stupid things but i loved them and um yeah
1: i'll i'll add my comments on star wars um none of the movies really made my list and i wasn't doing you know based on franchise i was trying to pick individual films and None of the individual films really stand out to me as like a great movie, but then you get the whole franchise together and that's when it really starts to become something special. And I think as individual movies, there are better ones, there are worse ones, but as a franchise it's a really well-made one, very unique, a lot of really great ideas in in it. Um it was my dad's first movie was Star Wars Episode 4. That was the one he went to the theater with his aunts and really fell in love with that universe. And then my first movie in the theater when I was three months old was Star Wars Episode One, And so it's been a big part of me growing up and the family tradition. And it was really cool going to see Episode Seven opening night. Everything that I'm happened here. got a reaction. And... There, there are a lot of laughs, a few sobs, a few awws. Everything BB-8 got a very big yeah. reaction. And, yeah, it was. there's such a huge fan base behind it. And you can see it's, it's the quintessential American franchise. A small farm boy goes and saves the galaxy from the evil empire. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's become sort of an inspiration to people not only in the US but also around the world.
0: Um I will I will say that if you have the chance to watch a Star Wars movie in the theater, I would definitely recommend it. It's a different experience watching it in a big screen, especially if you have a whole filled up theater with with a crowd cheering yeah. on. There's a energy to it and it's much better than watching it on your own, on the TV. Yeah. Well, you still have a good experience, it's not as... It, fanatical? It, yes, fanatical as it would be on a big screen.
2: Yeah, it, it is really fun to enjoy a Star Wars movie with a bunch of other fans of the series because um, I think a, a, a large part of it is you realize how similar you are to the other people in that you're likely having the same reaction to um, the moment that's happening on screen, whether you expressed out loud or not may be different, but um, it's just like a theater full of people who are feeling very similar things, and that uh, nostalgia and excitement um, all rub off on everybody else in there It's just a very fun experience yeah
1: Okay. So my number one movie is The Return of the King, and that's sort of standing in for the rest of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I do think it is the strongest entrance in the series. While it has the most flaws, it also has the most triumphs. Mm. And this is a really great series. Like, I grew up with Star Wars, but I also sort of grew up with Lord of the Rings. I remember before I could watch the movies, I would Read my mom's making of books, and I loved just be seeing this universe and then I finally got to watch it, probably when I was in fourth grade or something and it was just so much fun. Um, my whole family is a huge fans of this series. My dad rereads the books at least once a year, and we re-watch the movies at least once a year. Um, I've seen them more times than I can count to the point where I have to start making jokes and all of that kind of stuff to keep interested because I've seen it so many times I have it memorized and yeah. it's it's just so much fun and it's sort of the best fantasy series unobjectively because it, well it's the most successful financially. Um, One of the first movies to make over a billion dollars at the box office. And it also has a whole bunch of Oscar nominations of wins. It was, I believe, the first fantasy movie to win uh, the Best Picture Oscar. And a bunch of special effects wins, and the special effects still hold up. Um, It's really fun to hear all of the making of stories. and. Yeah, there's just a lot of love went into making these movies and you can see it on screen. You see the passion to tell this story and it brings you in and you can overlook the flaws because everything else is so good.
0: Yeah, I would say it had one of the the turning point on Aragorn's relationship with his horse. Uh this is an inside joke, everyone. Sorry if you're really confused. There is
2: just the scene with the horse and the water. Just watch it. Yeah. Never mind. Anyways, yeah, no, great movie. Um, Most action of the Lord of the Rings movies, and, like, I don't know, just... The series in general is so good at pulling you into the world. Like, you believe that this whole world is real, and part of that is definitely Tolkien but a large part of that is also Peter Jackson I think them working together even though they weren't alive at the same time um I think is just really cool like you look at even just the little details on the armor for each of the characters and it's crazy how much I think Matt said uh love was put into this movie just it's so detailed and so good um, that I I watched it for the first time just a few days ago, and I was not disappointed in the slightest. It, Yeah.
1: Yes, it's yeah, very incredible. The CGI still holds up if you're worried about that. Um, mm-hmm. I think it actually looks better than the Hobbit CGI. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's more realistic. If you thought that the hobbit was a little too over the top for you lord of the rings is more dark a little grittier the story has more of an impact and there are flaws but the reason that you see the flaws is that you've seen the movie so many times right so it's and yeah you'll hear people complain about it but for the most part those complaints are everyone has seen it so often (laughs) that your mind latches on those small details, and yet you still can't help but really enjoy all of these movies. Um, yeah. I can't really suggest you marathon them, though, because... Especially not if it's the first time. Because they're long, sometimes a little overlong, and, yeah, it can be a little bit difficult to get through them.
0: I would say... At least once in your lifetime marathon, the three movies. Yeah, yeah. extended edition, too. If, if you're a fan. And probably, definitely... if you f- are a super fan, The Hobbit plus Lord of the Rings ah. marathon, take a whole, whole day. Yeah,
2: see, if you do that, though, like, it's, it's a good idea because, like, The Hobbit starts out nice and fun and stuff. And by the end of it, it becomes a comedy. And then you get into the more serious stuff. So, like, about halfway through the day, you're like, haha, this is funny. And then you're like, okay, now it's time for serious stuff. Yeah. It's a nice transition.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Just for the heck of it. And since we've been talking a bit about how it adapts from the books, I do think The Return of the King makes the best changes to the book. And, yeah, I could make, like, a whole two-hour video explaining why. This is, interestingly, the only movie on my list that I will skip scenes from mostly because I do not like Shelob and so I skip pretty much all of those scenes every time that I watch it if I'm not watching it with anyone else Mm. but yeah I mean the fact that I skip those scenes that that is actually physically repulsive and I can't watch those scenes is just a testament to how much these movies draw you in
2: Mm. yeah Alright, I guess I'm last here. Uh, So, my favorite movie of all time. It kind of works with um, its sequel, but preferably the original Tron. Um, I watched it again in just this past year, and I think of all movies it immerses me best in that it has a lot that it doesn't show you and i think that's really really good like it it lets your imagination wander and um it doesn't really set that many rules for itself but it also doesn't leave itself wide open to anything um the first tron movie is a little slow but that being said the graphics at the time were amazing frankly um and pretty much all done by hand so very impressive but uh I don't know I like the idea of um a cyber world um where programs come to life um the whole atmosphere of the inner workings of a computer and how like for instance how light works is that there's no light except for through constructs whether that be buildings or programs or discs or light cycles or whatever that's where the light comes from it's not from the sky it's from itself um, and I think just overall it's it's a fun story there's a very obvious good and evil um, which makes it easy to follow Um, both movies tackle um, deism a lot Uh, the first one um, from the commentaries I've heard um, tackles a lot of uh, Christian beliefs as um, there being one god, one creator, Um, whereas the sequel to it um, Tron Legacy tackles more of a uh, Buddhist approach, from what I understand. Um, But, that being said, if you're going to watch either of them for the graphics, watch the second. If you're going to watch either of them for the plot, I would say watch the first. Um, Sadly, we're not getting a third Tron anytime soon, so can't comment about that, except that I'm upset. But, uh, it's a movie that is something that I can't necessarily rewatch it over and over like most of the movies on my list but it's one that like I kind of hold near and dear to like my movie viewing experience um just because I think it encapsulates what a good story should be I still think like when it comes to stories my favorite story has always been um bionicle I think Um, but I think this sets up a good story of a hero that isn't from, it's almost like a superhero story in that each character has like a different skill set than human beings do. Um, but it's a tale of adventure and, fun and it's sci-fi and it has a hero plot to it um, yeah I just love it yeah
0: I haven't seen it and um I don't re- it doesn't really appeal to me it doesn't really attract me very much to it I know a lot of people love it they loved how visual it was but for me the visuals they look pretty but they don't really attract me at all so I don't know if I'll be seeing it anytime soon.
1: I I just recently rewatched the second one, Tron Legacy, and there's a lot of criticism of it, but it's just so visually rich, mm-hmm. and then it also has these like really good themes of fatherhood, as you have um, Flynn with his yeah. sort of three kids, quote unquote kids. Um, yeah. The kid he abandoned. The kid he raised incorrectly and then the kid who he's trying to do right with right and yeah it talks also a lot about like this idea of removing yourself from the equation is that really a good philosophy does that improve anything and but beyond that i mean mostly the biggest reason to watch
2: it is because it's just so visually cool that and and the uh the soundtrack yes (sighs) amazing
1: soundtrack and visuals are just incredible and they still hold up and for the most part i mean clue is a little bit iffy but yeah you know they're it's just so well made and you have these like incredible sets and you watch the behind the scenes and they actually made the light up costumes and yeah it yeah that was i watched that when i was pretty young and i remember being really excited about it and then when I rewatched it it was you know I thought oh I was just young so I liked it because I was young but now I won't but I actually really enjoyed it
0: Mm -hmm. okay so we should get through our honorable mentions Um, so for me honorable mention would be Forrest Gump I really love the story I just loved how Forrest Gump he's not the smartest person out there basically dumb but stupid is what stupid does but i love how while he may not be the smartest person out there he's probably one of the luckiest where in the end of the whole story where people who were smarter than him they end up having a miserable life while he well he doesn't really know it he's had the best life where he ends up with a good he has a kid he has a wife a good house lots of money He would probably be the ideal person, essentially. Mm. Uh, Another thing I would say would be that um, the Alien franchise, especially the first two movies, they're well done. I really love them. And basically anything I did not mention on my list here, Mm. like specifics, when I categorized Batman and Star Wars, anything that I didn't mention there would be honorable mentions.
2: Right. Uh, I'll go ahead and do mine. Um, I'm a huge fan of the superhero genre when it comes to movies and TV shows. So most of mine are going to be in that category. Um, Captain America: Civil War is probably my favorite Marvel movie. Yeah. Um, at least released by Marvel. In that, um, it's just a really fun team superhero movie, but it has a deeper. aspect to it uh, Logan mm, is a yeah. really good realistic-ish superhero movie um that just very well done um I enjoyed uh Batman versus Superman yeah that I know a lot of people um I've heard a couple complaints about Batman and Superman being um like there should be a rivaling um rivaling thoughts going from one side to another and similar to the way uh civil war did it but i think the whole story was to show how similar batman and superman and all the other heroes actually were um and i think to that degree it did a good job was it the best movie no could they have done better yes but was it a bad movie I wouldn't say it was a bad movie. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, Wonder Woman was also a good movie, though they completely botched all of Greek mythology. It was a good movie. Um, As for animated um, superhero movies, the ones that came to my head were The Incredibles and Big Mm -hmm. Hero 6. And especially for Big Hero 6, I enjoyed it because it was one of the few superhero movies that I wasn't expecting to be a superhero movie and just kind of became one. And I think it did a really good job there. Um, My last ones are a little bit weird, I guess. Well, not necessarily, but um, The Martian, I really loved. Mm. Uh, Good humor, but good tension the whole way through. And, uh, okay, the last ones are the real weird ones. Uh, I really liked Ender's Game, the movie. Haven't read the book. Probably will not read the book because I've heard it's different from the movie, and I really did enjoy the movie. Um, The Giver was also a movie that I really enjoyed. No. And I did read the book, and I enjoyed the movie more than the book. No. um, Partially because I like the visuals. Um, mm. The actors were good. I don't know. I just... It does the uh, Wizard of Oz thing where it starts in black and white and proceeds to color, and I think that's a fun thing that most movies can't do naturally. Yeah. Um, but I really did enjoy it. And then lastly, but probably closest to being on my list, uh, is the movie Sky High. <laughs> and the reason why I like it is because it's a cheesy superhero movie, which fits into my um, interests. But at the same time, it, um, the whole story revolves around this kid trying to fit into his parents' shoes, um, especially in a school setting. And for me, that relates being a school kid. Um, most people know me by my parents, so that was something that I could relate to. And then at the same time, um, it was just a fun experience. That while like the third act of the movie gets really cheesy, uh, the first <laughs> two acts of it are yeah, they're they're good. And for a low budget Disney movie, I think it did well.
1: Okay, Um, I'll just quickly, for the sake of time, go through mine. Um, the Grand Budapest Hotel, that movie, it's the type of movie you sit down with a cup of tea and just sort of enjoy, laugh at. Um, Cloud Atlas, which is really epic, large scale, covers six different stories across time, but if you plan on watching it, read the novel or the Wikipedia summary, otherwise you will be lost. Most critics agree that the movie is ambitious but they couldn't tell what was going on um then *Inglorious Bastards which is my favorite Tarantino movie it's a hilarious movie really good satire um compares its audience to Hitler and um then Mad Max Fury Road um it's just so much artistry I suggest you watch the black and white version it adds a little bit by taking out the color and um Finally, Fargo. If you like dark comedy, you will be laughing out loud at some of the darkest comedy
0: you can find in movies. Yeah. Okay. So is that everything? Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so that was a fun time. Uh, thank you guys for watching, and then we'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.